0: Welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us.
1: Welcome to the weekend once again, Dr. Linda. And uh, are you liking the weekend okay? But let me ask you this, more importantly, are you liking me as the co-host of this program? (laughs) Am I, how would you say it, approachable maybe, (laughs) or uh, open-minded? And here's one, am I (laughs) good-looking?
0: can't even keep a straight face with these questions. Am I
1: good looking? Just answer okay, the questions. Okay, this is
0: like too weird. Uh, why are you asking these weird questions? Well,
1: work with me for a second. <laughs> okay. Am, am I someone you would pick for oh, your team?
0: For my team? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Are you any good as a team player?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So where are you going with this, Chris?
1: Okay. You look a little bit annoyed. <laughs> You're laughing. laughing, but I can tell you want to move on. <laughs> I'm talking about being likable. Oh. And that's the topic of today's program.
0: Okay, well, asking me a lot of weird questions is probably not getting the job done in terms of being more likable. So probably not a good strategy. Right.
1: That's all. That was the part of the setup for the topic, though. Okay. And apparently it's not a good idea to keep asking someone, do you like me?
0: Do you tell that to your kids?
1: What, ask them if they like me? No,
0: no. Do, you, do you tell your kids, don't go up to somebody and say, do you like me?
1: Luckily, they haven't done that yet. Okay, good.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we would not recommend that as a strategy to be more likable. Well, you probably don't remember this. In the Academy Awards, when Sally Field got up to the mic, I don't even remember what she won the award for it, but everybody remembers her speech where she went, you like me. You really like me.
1: (laughs) I've seen the clip. Have you seen the clip? Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: So were you likable in school?
1: How how do you answer that question?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'm just curious. I,
1: I didn't really not get along with anybody we were always having a pretty good time. Yeah,
0: I think I was pretty likable in school. People were my friend. Our daughter was very likable in school. and So was our son, actually, when you think about it. So we're going to break it down, Chris. We're going to talk Mm -hmm. about what makes people more likable.
1: Well, we live in a society now where you click like on all kinds of social media and it's become something people do in order to feel validated. And I know we can take that too far, but there are benefits to making yourself more likable.
0: Yeah, you have children, so you you already know that likability is one of the greatest things that they can have. It's a predictor of popularity. Uh, Not that that's the goal in life. Mm -hmm. So we're not really really talking about that. But it does help kids to have friends, and it does help them to be more likable. But did you also know that for adults, that social acceptance outweighs wealth, status, and physical attractiveness when they did surveys? Uh, We want to be liked. And we want to be accepted. Now, that's not a bad thing, but mm. if that's what you're looking for and that's all you want is to be liked, that's a problem. We're not talking about that. This is really an attempt to help our listeners and ourselves to say, okay, what can we do to be more likable? Because if we can do that, we can draw people to us.
1: Well, it sure helps in the workplace because when you have unlikable coworkers. It is miserable.
0: Yeah, and there actually was a study that was done on this, and it found that likable people are more likely to keep their jobs. They looked in this study, and they thought, well, is it because they're really talented or they have really great technical skills? But really the bottom line was that they were likable people.
1: That's why I'm still doing this show. That's,
0: just, <laughs> you're all, so likable. Not
1: all that good at it, but you like having That's it right. Around, it's or...
0: exactly what the study showed. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another study that was on a million people. Can you imagine doing a study with a million people? Wow. But they found that people who are highly likable even outperform people who aren't. Hmm. So not only are they likable and easy to get along with, but they actually do better and perform better at their jobs.
1: And you could say that being likable is a good witness of God's love in your life because the characteristics and behaviors that go along with being likable should also uh, be a marker of your faith.
0: Yeah, and that's why we're talking about this. We're not talking about this so you can get more likes on your social media or you can somehow be more popular in Mm -hmm. life. We're really talking about it because we do want to have people look to someone who's a Christian and say, that person's likable, approachable. I can talk to that person. Don't you think it's sad today where people say, I don't want to be a Christian because those people aren't very nice?
1: Well, that's why my neighbor won't go to church.
0: Really? Because he's of the told pe- you that? Yeah,
1: because of the people he's encountered.
0: That are Christians? Right. And they're not very likable? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're talking about. It's not about being popular and being validated by other people because we draw our validation from God. So it's nothing about that.
1: I can think of one thing right away that makes a person not likable, and that's the person who complains a lot. It's a downer to be around. As a matter of fact, Saturday Night Live used to have a character named Debbie Debbie Downer. Debbie (laughs) Downer. I
0: remember that character.
1: (laughs) Well, they're no fun to be around, constant complaining, and they wear you out with their negativity.
0: I know somebody. I work with somebody like that, and it's really hard because they drag you down in their mood with that. And then you start doing it too. It's like contagious when Mm -hmm. you're around that. And then when you add judgment to all the complaints, it's even worse. So our first tip here is, if you want to improve your likability, lose the complaints and the judgmental attitudes towards others.
1: That's also biblical advice too, because we are instructed not to grumble and complain, even though most of us probably do our fair share of both.
0: Yeah, that's the Philippians 2.14, where it says, do all things without grumbling or disputing well, I, find that, mm. I find that kind of challenging personally. Right. me too. Yeah, it's really easy to complain because there's a lot of things that we're frustrated about. A lot of us uh, see bad leadership. We see problems at work. There's a lot of issues in families. And basically, there's just a whole lot of reasons to complain if you really wanted to. But we need to think about what's the impact of that complaining on our mood, on our physical health, And really, what's the impact of the people around us? And what is it doing to our spiritual life? I mean, Mm -hmm. if it's in the Bible, Chris, and God says, don't complain, there must be some good reason for that. And I think one of them is, is that people don't want to be around constant complainers. Right. And I think God knew that. And that's one of the reasons why he put that scripture in there.
1: Well, we just talked about your witness. Yeah. So you you want to be this light for Jesus, but then you're complaining all the time. They don't go together very well. They
0: don't. There's no joy in a complainer, right? right? And Mm -hmm. so we're supposed to be marked by our love instead of complaints yeah
1: <laughs> well, I think there are times we complain too because maybe we're stressed or tired
0: yeah that is a big one I think that happens and it's true when you are just exhausted it's really easy to go negative and if you're using sort of your complaining as a way to reduce the stress I've done that sometimes I just mm-hmm. want to talk about how bad things are right. um, but that really doesn't help and it doesn't bring any solutions usually.
1: So really, the best thing to do is to bring up the problem when it happens, but then do something about it.
0: If you can. And I know we can't always change things, but that's one of the reasons why I don't like social media. Mm. Because most of the time, if you look at Twitter accounts, it's just nonstop complaints and meanness and judgment about people. And it's so easy to do that because there's no accountability for what you're doing. So basically... Social media reinforces a lot of complaining, a lot of judgmental attitudes, and it's on constant display. And I don't think that's helping anybody in our culture. Mm
1: -hmm. Tell me if you agree with this. We're not supposed to complain, but you're not saying to just grin and bear it. You would never say, don't address the problem. Right.
0: Right. And you said we have to try to deal with the problem. So if Mm -hmm. you see a problem, take some time to think about it, identify what the problem is, Then decide, you know, what would I like to see different? So you're thinking about a solution there and then work on strategies that you can, you know, use to talk to that person. For some people, sometimes they have to be more assertive. So I hear a lot of people complain because they never talk about the issue Mm -hmm. and they never go to the person that has the problem. And that's one of the things that you can start to make a big difference in and, and really stop the complaints. Take a positive step. Go to the person.
1: And you've mentioned this before, that our brain tends to go negative easily. So we tend to focus on what's wrong instead of what's right. And, I mean, one bad email a day can just ruin everything.
0: I know. It's funny because there's something called negative bias in the brain. It does tend Mm. to go negative. And I think that's so interesting. Maybe that's one of the reasons God says, renew your mind every day, Mm. Uh, because we have to do that or we'll let negativity take over.
1: That's right. Okay. So as we go to the break, the number one tip to making yourself more likable is to stop complaining. Right. <laughs> but we do have a lot more to go. Uh, stay with us on the Dr. Linda Mental Show.
0: Mother and daughter relationships are powerful and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom and Typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote I Love My Mother, but a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I Love My Mother, but available on my website, drlindamental.com or online where books are sold. Letting Go of Worry by
1: Dr. Linda Mintel, available on her website at drlindamental.com and
0: online. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Is every spare minute of your life filled with some activity, event, or demand? If so, you could be suffering from a very common American disease. It's called overcommitment, and it has seeped into every area of our lives. I'm Dr. Linda, the relationship doctor, and yes, I'll admit it, I've fallen prey to overcommitment in my life, just like I imagine you have. Saying no occasionally is the best defense against overcommitment. But if it's too late and you're already overcommitted, here's a little tip to help you make it through. In the busiest days, you can still stop and take five just for yourself. When your heart is racing and your thoughts are whirling inside your head, your effectiveness just plummets. But if you'll pause right in the middle of all the hubbub, maybe close your eyes, breathe deeply, and remind yourself that the current task will be completed, you'll feel an immediate sense of relief. Then you can head back into the job at hand with renewed focus and energy. And when the next chance comes to overcommit, it comes your way, you can work on your priorities by just saying, hey, no.
1: You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website and online, drlindamental.com. And remember, you can listen to the podcast anytime on iTunes. If you think this show may be helpful to someone you know, let them know about the podcast, and remember, if someone you know is dealing with chronic pain, Dr. Linda and Dr. Cribs have a new book, Living Beyond Pain, and Dr. Linda, there's one thing that's different about you and me. I don't have a book out, and I don't have a website either.
0: I like you anyway. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it still makes you likable.
1: does make me feel better. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, some people think that being likable is inborn and has to do with being really social and good-looking or intelligent. Which is why I asked all those weird questions at the beginning of the show.
0: Well, there's an interesting study that was done at UCLA, and it points to the fact that it's not always about money and intelligence in terms of being likable. Here's what they found, Chris. They found that people really want sincerity, they want transparency, and they want understanding. Does that surprise you that those were the qualities that people picked up on?
1: No, not really, because, I mean, I like sincere people, and I can tell when someone is is faking it or if they really don't mean what they say. And that's a turnoff when someone is not being genuine. And honestly, do I care how much money you have? No.
0: You really want someone to be sincere. I think that's true. And so is transparency. So I might not always agree with what somebody says, but if they are honest and they give me a straight answer, you know, I I just find that a really likable quality. And I can deal with the differences that we might have, but I like it when people are being honest.
1: You know, we are in a cultural crisis with these Uh, both transparency and sincerity, social media, and then you can turn the news on Mm -hmm. and find that out as well. It's sad how we don't believe what we see or hear.
0: It's getting worse and worse in that area, and it really creates a lot of trust problems. So if you want to be likable, be genuine in your conversations, be very sincere, like Chris said, and then be transparent when there are problems. Just be honest about what's going on. So here's another quality you can develop that makes you more likable. Really listen to people. And most of us, Chris, are so focused on what we want to say next or are preparing to defend ourselves in a conversation, we're not really listening.
1: Oh, wait, were you talking? I'm yes. Um, yeah, I, As
0: point intended.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I don't think people listen well at all.
0: You know, when we want to talk to somebody else and we're talking for 10 minutes to a person. Mm-hmm. We pay attention to less than half of the conversation. Did you know that? Less than half? In 10 minute, in a 10-minute conversation. Huh. And then within 48 hours, whatever it is we actually heard, we lose most of it. We only retain about 25%. So... We listen and remember about one fourth of what we actually hear.
1: Well, th- that's abysmal. How do we change that?
0: <laughs> Our producer's over there yelling all kinds of things to us about right. wives and husbands <laughs> listening to each other. We won't repeat what he's saying. Listen, you got to ask a lot of questions. You got to ask clarifying questions, learn more about a person, whatever the issue is that you're discussing, ask a lot more questions. Be curious, go for better understanding of that person. When you're listening to somebody, they really. Give you respect, and they appreciate that and it seems to be one of those lost skills again where people are not really listening to each other all we 're seeing in the media is attacking mm. and not really listening to what somebody is saying i don 't know if you watched when those there were these attorney general hearings with Barr mm-hmm. did you watch any of that Some when it was it. on the news? yeah I was horrified by the process of what I saw. And this has nothing to do with if you agree with his view or not his view. It was not an interview, Chris. It was not even questioning. What happened is a bunch of Congress people got up there and they were very angry and they were just attacking, blaming. They were just telling him, Mm. this is what you did. This is what you did. And there was no listening. Then they would ask a question. And they would ask him to answer something, and they wouldn't let him answer. <laughs> right. I mean, the whole thing was so disrespectful. I couldn't even believe that they were allowed to act like that. And mm. how on earth does that solve anything?
1: And on a personal level, one way to improve listening is to put away your phone. And certainly, don't answer a text right in the middle of a conversation.
0: I find that so frustrating. I don't, does that bother you? That just makes me a little crazy. Is it a generational thing that I'm bothered by that?
1: Maybe because, I mean, it's annoying to me, but I don't get too upset about it, but a little bit.
0: I I just feel like the person's not even listening to what I'm saying when they're looking at their phone and they're texting other people and they don't even have the energy to pay attention to me. So Mm. I hate that. I really do. (laughs) Could I say that even stronger? (laughs) No. I don't like that. I
1: think you've made the point quite (laughs) clear. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this one. Um, Good listeners, they, they seem to be the opposite of people who are always seeking attention. And it's the people who always want to be in the center and in the limelight. And a lot of times you can't get your comment out before they start talking.
0: That's right. And that was a lot of what that process was that in that hearing. But, you know, if you're somebody who is getting attention because you're friendly, you're confident, you're really listening to people, that's the way you want to get attention from people. You want to be known as that person who listens, who is kind, who's letting you talk, and you're not focusing all the time on yourself, If you're genuine about including others in conversation, in your successes, in your work, you know, conversations, people are going to see that. They're going to appreciate that. They're going to look at you as being a little bit more humble. And that's tied to being likable.
1: We see that on the the award shows where the actor says, I'd like to thank my producer. (laughs) and this and that, and this and that. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> they
0: go on for 15 minutes. Right. But I guess they are trying to be genuinely, I appreciate you people, and I'm very happy that you were a part of my life.
1: Well, there's two people at work. The, the guy who takes credit for everything. Yeah. And then the guy who says, oh, thanks, but you know... I, we, we really work together on that. So you'd rather be around the latter. I would
0: so be that person who says, you know, bring you in, not the ego person, bring right. the person in.
1: Yeah, it's terrible to be around people with big egos. It's like you just said, humility goes further to get people to like you. Here's another one. The quality of a likable person. They are consistent.
0: Yeah, that's just the person who's reliable. Mm-hmm. And they do what they say and you can depend on them. And I like to stay connected to reliable people. It's, it's again, about trust, right? If somebody's telling you they're going to do something, then they don't do it. They're not reliable. And when you get into a difficulty, you can't really count on them in that situation. So think about people that are in your life that you really like. I really do think if you think about it, you're going to say, yeah, they're consistent in their behavior. They're reliable. They give me a sense of security in my relationship. And, you know, we like being secure in a relationship.
1: A good example is last week, I think you texted, you emailed, and then you texted again, and I didn't answer any of them until Dr. Norm finally said, hey, he called me and I answered. He said, why don't you answer your phone?
0: That's right. And I didn't like you very much at that moment, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I will say. I know.
1: I did feel bad about it. Well, <laughs> well good. But, but, yeah.
0: but you know, the more consistent you are, the more people mm-hmm. can depend on you, and that is a quality that people like.
1: What about doing something really simple? to, let's say, boost your likability, what about smiling more often?
0: I know that is such an easy one. It's really simple. It's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're having a conversation and you smile, you know, you feel better. The person feels better. It's kind of what they call the universal language. Hmm. It says, hey, I'm a safe person. Do you know that? They've done studies on that. And people who smile, when a person sees that, they think, oh, that person's safe. Hmm. But also, if you add to that, Chris, just saying the person's name it's another one of those really small things that you can do. But we just like to hear our name. We right. feel validated as a person. It's part of our identity. So if you can smile at a person and then remember their name and use their name, you're going to mm-hmm. boost your likability.
1: Well, Dr. Linda, we need to take our final break, Dr. Linda.
0: I noticed you're saying my name.
1: That's right, Dr. Linda. And
0: you're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of like right now.
1: All right. We're, t- we're talking about being more likable. <laughs> right. I'm just giving practicing it a shot. It. You're right.
0: practicing it.
1: We will talk more about that after the break.
0: Some days I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. And I'm Dr. James Cribbs, and we co-authored a book, Living Beyond Pain. If you're one of the 100 million people suffering from chronic pain, this is a book for you, Living Beyond Pain, in stores now.
1: Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today's topic is making yourself more likable. And we've got a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, DrLindaMental.com. That's where you'll find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And remember an easy way to know what she's writing about each day is to follow her on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental. And you can listen to this program as a podcast on iTunes.
0: Now Chris, let me just let's remind the audience that we're not saying that so that people can get more likes on their social media. We're talking about it as a witness.
1: Oh, you want more likes on your Facebook page? No, no, no that,
0: Well, I do, but but it's, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Why you do this? You're doing this so that you can draw people unto you. You can be a better witness mm-hmm. of God. That's so right. that's really our focus—not to get our our definition of people and validation from other people.
1: Right. Well, here's one that might uh, be obvious. If you want to be more likable, don't spread rumors.
0: Yeah, I think you know if you're spreading rumors and you feel uneasy about that, you're with somebody and they're saying something. It's it's probably best for you to say, you know, do you know that for a fact? Or, you know, I'm uncomfortable with the way this is being discussed right now. I think people respect you when you do that and mm-hmm. you don't join into that rumor mill.
1: And the Bible would call that gossiping. It would. And that will come back to bite you. Let me ask you this one. What about the person who's always trying to pick a fight?
0: I was thinking about this when you mentioned it. We had a guy in our Bible study years ago, and that was his go-to thing. He would always try to get people to argue in the Bible study, to pick a fight. Whatever the person's position was, he'd take the opposite. And it stirred up a lot of conflict. And Mm. people in our group didn't like him very much. When he wouldn't come, people would go, oh, good, we can have a good discussion, (laughs) which is not good. We had to talk to him about it.
1: Another thing I was thinking about is... I like people who are passionate. It could be passion for God or for cooking or passion for really just about anything. Uh, What do you think?
0: I do think people gravitate to someone with passion. Uh, There's something attractive about someone who feels deeply about an issue or they have something in their life that they're just really expressing that passion with. And if you're around people that are passionate for God, don't you think that's infectious? Mm, Yes. It, It really motivates you to do the same as that person. But, you know, a passionate person does have to know how to balance their passion with having uh, fun, because I'm thinking of some people who are very passionate about stuff, and they could never laugh. They could never have a joke. It's that intensity that they would have that was a little bit off-putting. But you can be passionate and friendly and serious when you need to be and then a little bit you know, light when you need to be. But I like these kind of people because it's not just small talk when you're with them. They really can get into a deep conversation.
1: But you're right about that intensity. You do need to take a break. And yeah. Even Jesus took time to eat rest and just just to be with his disciples and according to the tv series the chosen they showed jesus being i mean even playful at times and that could be true because he was fully god but he was also fully man and look at the crowd that he hung out with Mm -hmm. he had first of all was 12 guys and a lot of them were these blue collar guys it's hard to tell the amount of The fun they had.
0: And that's why I liked the way they portrayed Jesus in that series, because they did show him as being a little playful Mm -hmm. every once in a while and kind of laughing and being very relatable in that series. But certainly his passion for people really, really was showing not only in the series, but in the Bible as well. And another quality related to that is that people who are likable have a lot of joy Mm. And they express joy. You know, they might volunteer or they might do things that make a difference in the lives of other people. They're the kind of people that inspire you. They cheer people on to success. You just can't help but feel happy around people who are joyful.
1: That's right. They make you happy. And That's right. You see it in kids all the time when they giggle and they laugh and they just express pure joy about something.
0: It's so fun to watch kids when they're just, you know, (laughs) saying silly things and and just having joy. You're right. You know, there's a research paper at The Ohio State University. (laughs) I can't believe I'm even mentioning it as a Michigan person, but they show joy and other positive emotions as contagious. Mm. So if you're upbeat and you're positive, people just want to be around you.
1: Upbeat and positive people are also hopeful.
0: That's right. And we know that holding on to hope Is just so important. You know, hope has the power to make bad times temporary. And I really like that thought, Chris, because that's what faith does. It brings in hope because we know that life and our problems are temporary. No matter what we face, there is going to be a better day. And who doesn't like to be around people who stay hopeful all the time?
1: Right. We gravitate to it. And uh, we need to hang on to hope.
0: This is why our faith is so important and why we assemble with each other every Sunday We remember our blessings, what God did for us, how he brought us through difficulty. We use our past trials to keep us strong in the present. We keep a gratitude list. It's important to be a person who holds on to hope. So many people around us need us to be people of hope. Not only will you be more positive, have better health, have a better immune system, have better emotional control, be less stressed, be anxious, but you will also have improved relationships. Well, listen, we've come to the end of our time together, and hopefully we have given you a lot to think about. I know I've been personally challenged by several of the things that we've talked about today in this show. Let's work to make ourselves more likable as a reflection of the love of God in us. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember... We're here, we're doing life together, and it's better, when you don't have to do it alone. You and I can make everything a little better. Doing life together. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.